The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. It wasn't a quiet week on Lake Galilee. As we heard last week, not only had Jesus' presence and mission and ministry and miracles and teaching drawn crowds by the thousands, which even if you're Jesus, does eventually take something from your tank. But then too, he got word that his cousin and prophetic foreteller and spiritual forebear, and even in some ways his hero, John the Baptist had been killed, brutally executed by King Herod Antipas. And Jesus, being one of us, being word made flesh, being the humanity of God, needed time. Time away. Time to grieve. Time to pray. And so he climbed into a boat with his disciples and directed them to what had always been a quiet place on the other shore of the Sea of Galilee, only to discover when he got there that the crowds he'd wanted to get a little time away from had hurried around the shores to beat him to that place, and so they were now teeming on the shore when he got there, and they were hungry for more of him. And he had compassion. For them, We heard last week, and compassionately healed all who came to him all day. And then as evening drew near, before directing them now to go home, he compassionately, miraculously fed all thousands of them with a few loaves and fish. So no, it wasn't a quiet week on Lake Galilee. Jesus had been busy. But Jesus was not one who ever let busy become distracted busyness. He always found time. He always made time for prayer, for solitude. 
for time with his father. And so it was that on this night, when after supper it was time to dismiss the crowds, he told his disciples to get into the boat and go back to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed them, then by himself to climb on a hillside on Galilee's northeast shore. And he prayed, and he grieved, and he refocused, and he refilled. The disciples, meanwhile, out in the boat were having kind of a time of it, for the wind had picked up and shifted out of the south-southwest, and the current was against them, and evening turned into night, and getting where Jesus had told them to go was turning into work. And unlike um, a different Bible story that took place out there on the Sea of Galilee, this particular wind against them was a strong wind, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily an overly stormy wind. It was just against them. And so these experienced fishermen weren't actually scared at this point. They were just working up an honest sweat. They weren't scared, that is, until they saw someone, something out there on the water, out there on top of the water, walking toward them on it as though it were solid ground. And it was Jesus. But they didn't know it was Jesus. They actually, they thought it was a ghost. And so now they were afraid. Even though, of course, let's be clear, they had, they actually had no real reason to be afraid, right? I mean, this, this was not something scary coming their way. This was Jesus coming their way. It's just that they didn't know it was Jesus. And so they were frightened. They were terrified, even though, no, they actually had no real reason to be. But we're not going to scold them for that fear, are we? Because, of course, we sometimes have been afraid too, even though with Jesus' promises wrapped around us, we had no real reason to be either. But just when Jesus' disciples had worked themselves into a pretty much collective panic attack for fear, this ghost, this scary thing, speaks. And the voice sounds like Jesus. And the voice says, don't be afraid. It's me. And Peter says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. And Peter gets out of the boat, and he starts walking on the water toward Jesus. Which is to say that at this moment, Peter is doing something that cannot be done, right? And he's doing it at the invitation of Jesus and with his eyes on Jesus. It's enough to get a person thinking, are there things that can't be done today? Steps that absolutely couldn't be taken today. Except that you could take them. For Jesus is the one inviting you to. And your eyes are on him. Peter, with his eyes on Jesus, does what can't be done. He walks on water. Right up until he starts thinking about what he's doing. And then he starts thinking about the fact that this is a fact. There's no way that he could actually be doing what he's doing. At which point then he takes 
his eyes off of Jesus and feels the wind and looks at the waves and he starts to sink beneath them and he's terrified all over again. Which gives us something else we're thinking about. Fear sees frightening things as standing between us and Jesus. Faith sees Jesus standing with us midst frightening things. Fear sees waves as separating us from Jesus. Faith sees Jesus standing with us on the waves. Peter, turning his eyes from Jesus toward the wind and waves, starts sinking into his fears. And he cries out, Lord, save me. It's known as the shortest prayer in the Bible. Lord, save me. A three-word prayer in which a faltering sinner in need cries out to the only one who can help, for he's the Savior of sinners. Oftentimes, short prayers are enough prayer. Indeed, sometimes I think our shortest prayers are our truest and most perfect prayers, for there's no room in them for, for posturing or rationalizing or trying to impress. There's only our need cried out to Jesus, the one we need, the one Peter needed, and the one who now reached out his hand, lifted him up, and holding him then by the hand said, Oh, Peter, such little faith. Why did you doubt me? So I've been thinking, it is that seeming rebuke of Peter by Jesus in this story which gives birth to the most common point often lifted from this story, and I think probably the most common sermon preached on this story, talking about the oft-made point that you and I shouldn't be like Peter. We instead should take, keep our eyes on Jesus when the waters around us are choppy and footing beneath us seems impossible to find so that we don't start sinking into the threatening waters of our fears. It's an oft-made point. It's altogether true. I'm quite sure I've preached that sermon. When waves are choppy and winds are blowing, keep your eyes on Jesus, not on the waves, and that will many times be exactly the difference between staying above it all or sinking into it all. And to the degree that this story shows Peter missing that point, it is true. We should not be like him. Except I was thinking this week that it's just as true, maybe even more so, that this story calls us in the exact opposite direction. Do you see where I'm going? I think there are times, plenty of times, when what we need to be is more like Peter. When we're called to be exactly like Peter in his willingness to step out of the boat onto the waves because that's where Jesus was and that's where Jesus called to him saying, come walk with me. Peter may have only had little faith but he stepped out where that little faith led him. Compare him to the other 11, and I imagine, to me, perhaps to us, who have our own little bit of faith, but we too often don't step out with it. We hunker down in our boats, clinging tightly to the security of things which ultimately aren't secure at all. 
The difference between Peter and the others, the difference between Peter and many of us, I suspect, many times, is the difference between stepping out where faith tells you to go versus hunkering down where fear tells you to stay. There's a book I've not read. I just like the title. Maybe one day I'll read it. It's called, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. Peter got out of the boat. The difference between Peter and the others, the difference between Peter and many of us, I suspect, is the difference between stepping out where faith tells you to go versus hunkering down where fears tell you to stay. So I'm not going to scold Peter today. I have personally not demonstrated enough courage or faith to have earned the right to do that. Instead, what I want to do today is raise a question not based on Peter's uh, failure, but Peter's example. The question is this. Are there some choppy waters, some scary places, some against-the-wind places that Jesus right now in your life is calling you to step out into? Are there some blustery waters around you, waves and waters Jesus is actually standing in the middle of saying, don't be afraid, come out here, I'm here, walk with me. Tony Campolo told of a survey of, uh, of older folks in the last years of their lives, and the question on the survey was, if you had life to do over again, what would you do differently? And he said that one of the most common answers is that if I had to do life over again, I would take more risks. And he didn't hear them saying that they were going to climb Mount Everest or something if they did it over again, nor, nor would they be saying now that they're going to stop wearing face masks and social distancing. And what they were saying is that as they look back on their lives, they now realize how often the fear of ever doing something out of the boat kept them from really, really living their lives. Reminds me of hockey great Wayne Gretzky's probably most famous quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Say what you will about Peter. Say what you will about his impetuousness. Say what you will about the number of times he's mentioned in the Bible for speaking up or jumping up without thinking. Say what you will about the number of times he messed up and screwed up and got in over his head. Say it all about Peter, but also say this. In this scene anyway, he wasn't afraid to take the shot to jump in the water and do the things he felt called by Jesus to do. And so while the eleven hunker down in their boats, afraid of anything that steps them beyond where they feel secure, Peter leaves his boat and steps out on the water. He goes forward into the wind and waves because that's where Jesus is. And that's where he heard Jesus saying, don't be afraid, come, walk with me. Which gives us that question for today, where in your life where in my life, where perhaps in our life together as Gloria Day are we called today to be more like Peter? Where beyond our safe places is Jesus calling you or me or us together to walk? What are the waters that he's standing on right now looking at us hunkered in our boats and saying, come on, come out here, take the shot, walk with me. Maybe, in your case, he's calling you to walk on the waters of, of, not, of not just feeling bad or shaking your head about issues of racial injustice, but actually getting informed, actually getting more involved, and being an advocate and an against-the-wind participant 
and actual changes that are actual, actually needed. Maybe in your case there's somebody who's wronged you and that false boat of security you're hanging on, you think this is your security, the thing you're hanging on is the grudge. But there's Jesus standing on the waters of forgiveness and saying, walk with me. That grudge you're holding on to is poison inside of you, not to mention the fact that one thing the world these days does not mean more of is more people hell-bent on getting back and get even. This world needs way more people heaven-bent, for theirs is the bent of grace. Or walk with me on the waters of mercy, hating sin, certainly, but loving sinners unconditionally and showing them that concretely. Or walk with me on these so very, these days, against the wind, waters of kindness. Doing those countless little things that build others up while so many around you and on their digital platforms are doing their countless petty things to tear others down. Walk with me on the waters of generosity. Giving more instead of clinging to that oh so popular but so fake security so many seek by grabbing for more. Maybe in your case he's calling you and oh my goodness you have always been so afraid of these waters. You're Lutheran in many cases and you know Lutherans these don't, they don't walk on these waters. Maybe he's calling you to say his name. To out loud name the name of Jesus. To a world which may not even realize it, but oh my, could it ever use some Jesus? Because so many are running around naming only their own names. And we are swamped deep in the toxic water of that. Or maybe in your case he's calling you to name the name, to name his name, in a way that counterspeaks to those who these days it seems are naming the name of Jesus so loudly. But in doing so they seem over and over again to be naming someone who hates all the same people they do. Which is to say they aren't naming the name of Jesus at all. I could go on, but I hope the point is clear enough. You and I and we together as Gloria Day and we all of us together as church can live a safe life hunkering down where fear says stay put or like Peter. We could take a risk or two or five stepping out on the choppy unknown waters where Jesus is and from where Jesus says, don't be afraid I'm here. Come on, take the shot. Walk with me. And if, maybe once in a while, like Peter, you step outside of your boat only to start sinking in the water, well, guess what? So what? Because that's not even something to be afraid of. For that's a time, interestingly, maybe even powerfully, to learn something that Peter actually couldn't learn didn't learn until he started to sink. And that is that when he was weak, Jesus is strong. 
And Jesus was at his side to lift him up and see him through. It's easy, it's common, guided by fear, to live the really quite less than full lives of never taking a risk or stepping out of a boat for Christ's sake. If that, more often than you would like, describes you, here's a prayer you could join me in praying. Lord, make me more like Peter. Willing to step into waters I've never stepped in before because that's where you are. And that's where I hear your voice saying, don't be afraid. Get out of the boat. Walk with me. Amen.